Friday night, 8-17. It's Saturday. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> We're not re-recording I didn't that. even notice that that was wrong. Good job, Scott. <laughs> no one's going to, like, check us on that. How can they? It's true. <laughs> they Scrub can, the ID tags. The metadata. I don't put any metadata on. That's for all the, the, uh, the nerds computer that you are heads so out there. Yeah. Against anti. Am I anti-nerd? Is this another trope? <laughs> you know, after being anti-nerd, hold on. This is such a great song. You ever heard this before, Scott? No. Sad. Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Big influence for Mr. Yeah, Mr. David Byrne. Um, what was I just about to say? I don't remember. You were talking about tropes. Oh, yeah. Hating nerds, hating women. What else is left? Old people? The worst thing there is is ageism. There was just a commercial for Care.com with a legally blind lady, and her name tag said, legally blind. <laughs> it looked really That stupid. is really funny. <laughs> Emily's not laughing. Um, I have a care card. I'm sorry. I have it for my pets. Medical care for animals is very expensive. It is. Yeah, this is a pet advocacy podcast now. Well, what's the name of this I'm song? I'm out. This song is called Search and Destroy. I like how you're trying to keep us on... Uh, on, on task. <laughs> on task. Anyway, wow, we're back again. Another episode of Yes, This Is Podcast. Or Yes, This Is Podcast. We'll figure that out someday. If you guys want to email the show, you can email yesthisispodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to donate $15 <laughs> to our Patreon, where you can hear the unaid- unedited version of the podcast, uh, it's not as funny, but it's a little more racist. So if you want to check that out, <laughs> feel free. Um, so last week was tough. That was a tough sledding, as they like to say in Taylor the business. Swift? Taylor Swift was... I felt like bad after doing that. Bad how? I just felt bad about myself because we just I just didn't like it. It's okay not to like stuff. Is it though? Yeah, it is. But Nothing is it okay to feel bad about? I just felt like we didn't. The spirit of the show, I don't you think. You feel bad about not liking Taylor Swift, but you Jesus. are okay with. Hold on, my cat's drinking beer right now. Celebration, <laughs> baby. He's knocked <laughs> off the, the, the six pack thing off the table. Uh, anyway, um, what'd you just say? I said you feel bad about not liking Taylor Swift, but you're okay with not liking women, not liking. Uh, <laughs> I love nerds. women. <laughs> <laughs> um,. I just felt kind of bad about it because it, you know what? It, it's when we record, I don't keep, there's no listener. I don't have like a listener we're talking to. I'm talking to my two friends. Yeah. We would be having this conversation with or without being recorded. It's just the structure of it, it makes it easier to uh, get together. But I, I would have kind of had the same thoughts on the record if we were just talking without it being recorded. You would have been meaner. <laughs> you think so? 100%. Uh, I don't know. But also, we had a listener. Your friend said listen to this. Yes, she did. I think people recommend things because they think we're going to like it, not because we're not going to like it, and not because we're going to actively hate it. No, I think she just wanted to hear our thoughts. Yeah. Positive or negative. Now, did you get any feedback on the episode? I haven't really talked to anyone that has listened to it except for one said who liked the world's best farter t-shirt. She oh, thought that, wow. was, that was a good story. So that yet again, Scott comes off as the... I'll have to keep my eyes open for The golden child of the Hilarious yeah. t-shirts. Scott just... Oh, 
it, it's his lens that he sees the world <laughs> through that people like. It's a lens that we know is very dirty and often crude, <laughs> but somehow you're pulling it off with people you don't know that I think if they met you in real life, they would probably dislike you immensely. That's generally how it goes. Um, and I don't know what I, I must be some weird narcissist because everyone hates me on the podcast and in real life. <laughs> and I bought the recorder, so I'm really coming in from a bad spot here. Yeah. Um, but I got some feedback from my buddy who listens. He's an old coworker. We won't say his name. Should be? I don't know. It's up to you. If you want to give him a shout out. Shout out, Ray. What's up, Dogsy? We can always um, cut it out later. We can, yeah, after he complains. You know how hard it is to re-upload an episode? It's not no. easy. Um, he said, what's with the Red Hot Chili Peppers hate? And I had to respond. I said, well, my ex-girlfriend really liked them, and that was really annoying to me. But it's all, <laughs> she, all she listened to. Wow, so you're getting called out by the fans, too. They, they are. <laughs> um, you're right. Um, so... Ray, I'm sorry I don't like the peps. It's just, I mean, I don't even know if you listened to the episode where I played Warped all the way through, basically. I know. But, I, I mean, I have an explanation for why I don't like them. Uh, feedback from Tim, my brother. He, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he, was, he didn't like the Hamilton episode because we spent 10 minutes <laughs> talking about it. And the episode was essentially two hours plus spread out over. a lot of baseball. Yeah. I was the World Series. I regret nothing. Yeah. See, ideally, I would. this podcast is perfect because it's all of our interests, a little bit of baseball sprinkled in when we feel like it, so it, it's perfect. So if you're going to – I can see where my brother, who does not like sports, would hate. He probably was very excited to hear my thoughts on Hamilton. And, and there were few. There were few. You can Venmo me $20 <laughs> to get my unvarnished thoughts on Hamilton and Broadway in general. Um, which I think I like Broadway now, but mm -hmm. we'll get to that later. Um, okay, so this week, I I'm saying this, exci I'm like excited, is that you basically took over the you syllabus. Em Emily basically wrote the whole outline, which I thought it was great because it's this week at work was very tough for me. I had my like three weeks in a row that I had a tough week at yeah. work. I have these interns from the high school that I'm training. And it's extremely time-consuming. I can't send emails. I can't email my boys and girls. So <laughs> Can't check Twitter. I can, all I can do is refresh CNN.com <laughs> repeatedly. But that beer is going down. Cats are going wild. They're going right? nuts. Everyone loves a celebration now. They love fresh hops. <laughs> so I appreciate the syllabus, and I think it's great. And it actually forced me to really kind of buckle down today and make sure I got my ducks in a row we don't have to get to all of it i just i want to i like some it things that i came across um all right so the biggest controversy last week was us <laughs> trying to explain and i think this should be the Can last you cue up some Mata hoople for me sure um this section you know what we're gonna call this part of the podcast called all the young dudes rock <laughs> and we'll play a little poor david I know. He writes the song, gives it to his friends. Do you want to play a David Bowie version? Sure. How does, I don't know how this sounds. I've never heard it. Hold on one sec. So yeah, all the young dudes rock. Uh, we're going to get to that right now, and let's play the intro for it. I didn't really play it. One more time. There we go. That's different? all you need. Yeah, this is, is you need. this says David Bowie, and it's him in a mirror. 
I just wanted to say that if I'm completely missing the mark on Dudes Rock and listeners, email me, us and let me know. Okay. Um, if Dudes Rock is actually a way to say no matter how much or how little you meet society standards of masculinity, you rock as a dude. You're a dude and you rock regardless of if you like sports or not or or whatever. If you cry, if you... So I'm afraid that I... First of all, we do not cry. <laughs> all right. We're men. We are... Okay, there's... Tears? Uh, tears. If you're accepted In the words a, of Jerry Seinfeld, what is this salty discharge? <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So that's my apology. I feel bad if I am missing the mark and if Dudes Rock is actually like a welcoming... Uh, this is a nice change because every week I have to apologize to all women <laughs> and now you're apologizing to all dudes. So... Yeah. Yeah, this is a gender rights podcast. I think we're going <laughs> to... Along those lines, though. So I was remiss in one thing last week where, Pat, I usually have to, like, PC police all over you, and I feel bad about that. <laughs> Scott always gets off scot-free. Can we just say, though, <laughs> off air, it's completely 180. <laughs> well, that's... So I listened to the episode last week, and I didn't challenge Scott on his... <laughs> body Uh-oh. shaming of Lena Dunham which you know you can hate Lena Dunham for her art you can hate <clears throat> Lena Dunham for her completely saturated and privileged view of the world and statements she makes at society you don't have to hate her for taking your shot I don't remember oh yeah 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 it's, it's we her, can't all it's be her choice Sookie Stackhouse which Scott oh, once told me <laughs> has the best rack on television whoa so, true blood days long time you, ago God. <laughs> how do I n- remember that uh, because yeah. When I hear a guy make that comment, it if you're a woman, it sits with you and you have to like evaluate what makes a good rack, what doesn't, and what's allowed on TV. You know it's so funny. True Blood and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine that you said that. However, there's room for Lena Dunham and there's room for Anna Paquin. Like sure, one time. But I like, have like so much I want to say. No. But like I'm just not going to. <laughs> um, I watched to get peed on like I don't know. Lena Dunham taking her clothes off on TV gave the okay for people who maybe don't have what people think is a perfect body to also take their clothes off. She's just... And be comfortable with it. I, I think we're just going to kind of echo last week with... you. Do yourself... We'll talk about this next week. Write mm-hmm. this down. Lena Dunham, Odell Beckham. Okay. Read that story. Okay. And then we'll talk about... I'm, do you remember that story? I'm not saying Vaguely. she's perfect. I'm, I Pobody's agree that perfect. she's... <laughs> I agree that she's problematic in a lot of ways. <clears throat> However, doesn't mean we need to body shame her. Okay. I, so, I, I agree. These um, are the kinds I of like conversations I get to be privy of with hanging out with guys. It's who has the best rack on TV. Also, right next week, again, this rack. was like 13 years ago. <laughs> who, oh my God. who um, interestingly, are the sexiest men to come out of the 80s? This is a, was a group text oh, yeah. conversation that we had going. So the list goes... Is there another woman Alex we can Trebek. add to that? We need like one more woman in that. In the men of the sexiest 80s? No, in our group chat. Oh. Because you're on an island in that one. It's fine. I, I don't mind it. Let me just finish with the list. Okay, Because I think it's an interesting list. Alex Trebek. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. I have no oh, thoughts on Kevin Bacon. Dan. Boy George. <laughs> Who said Boy George? Tony said Boy George. I think he actually meant... George Michael, but Tony's the kind of Tony guy who so all stupid. gay men would be the same to yeah. Tony, so he probably thought. I mean, I, Boy George is a bold choice if that's really who he meant. But I mean, I George Michael has like a Brad Pitt vibe where it's very feminine. 
at yeah. some point, and that's what very pretty boy. Yeah, that's what you're attracted to. But I wasn't prepared for this conversation. I know. Sorry, that was the last. No, it, it it kind of looping back to Alex Trebek makes mm-hmm. me miss him. We watched uh, me and my girlfriend. We watched like five episodes of Jeopardy in a row, and I was like, he's a that is a huge loss. It is. I'm sorry. Is. I I read the book by Claire McNear. Uh, just came out last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a- You already two- read the whole thing? It was like 240 pages. Uh, really quick, breezy, light. Uh, but yeah, it made you miss Alex. And it kind of, it opens up with a, because he's already been diagnosed and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they talk about how they're going to have to find somebody for him. And tough timing, but- Yeah. It's a- uh, Good book though. Good read. I, the one thing that I really liked was they were talking about how he- Obviously, he wasn't, like, a genius or anything. But, like, he did take a vested interest in... He used to take the entrance exam yeah. every year to make sure that he was still qualified to host. That's oh, really? crazy. And yeah. I like how he never was on the show. That was really cool to me that he never, like, decided to be a contestant. Absolutely no reason. And I'm sure he got bugged about it all the time. Maybe. He stayed really separate from all the contestants because of um, gaming laws. Gaming laws? Yeah. Okay. I Remember, like that. You know quiz show? I do. Big fan. So that impacted how Jeopardy had to go about its business. So hmm. the idea was actually born of, well, you can't give the contestants the questions, but you can give, no, you can't give them the answers, but you can do the questions. Yeah. That's why they answer in the form of a question. Because hmm. if you're giving them the answer, I don't know, something like that. Is a quiz show hmm. fictional? <laughs> I have no, no idea. Oh. We'll have to watch Quiz Show for next time. I've never seen it. Oh, it's a really good. Yeah. I've seen it like five times. I only seen it once in college, I think. Um, no, that's that's a uh, real though. Okay, hmm. I like that. They wanted to goose their ratings by having a, a long running contestant. I do remember that from the film. All right, so we got our feedback down. Uh, I got my apology. Got your apology. I got we my can... Scott Shaman. Yeah, I mean, I think a major thing this podcast is going to have to go through in our second season is people <laughs> need to see Scott for who he really is. I'm sorry. Good luck. There's no way you're getting through 2021 <laughs> off Scott free, so to speak. See what I did there. All right, so... You stole it from Emily yeah, from five that. minutes ago. <laughs> did I? God damn it. Um, so Thanks, Scott. Would you, I'm here for you, Emily. <laughs> we're going to move on to drinks mm-hmm. because this. I just like talking about drinks. I get a nice uh, drinks. Yeah, it's fun to talk about. We talked about a lot of chicken talk on the way over here. Really? Is a soup drink? No. Okay. All right. Just curious. (laughs) What? What? Wait. What kind of chicken talk? I just the chicken thighs I made. Okay. Yeah. Then we bone in. Yes. All right. Discussion about chicken breast versus chicken thighs, and which is that's how Sookie Stackhouse came up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, chicken thighs are by far the best. Yeah. I, I always remember this very vividly is probably like 15 years ago, I was at a cookout at our friend Brad's and Scott brought chicken thighs to make chicken sandwiches and like there were grilled chicken sandwiches. Do you remember this? Not really. Like, and he brought chicken thighs when he probably should have brought chicken breast. Yeah. And the thighs were really chewy and tough and I think we gave him the business. But then <laughs> I think the tide turned very quickly when you realize chicken thighs are... The much superior meat because yeah, you can't the destroy right them. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, very forgiving. Deadspin Albert Albert Burneco, yeah. is that his name? He yep. did a great thing like ten years ago. Why chicken thighs are the best thing to grill because you get the crispy skin. Mm. You can't destroy them, and you know it's dark meat. It's more flavorful. Blah 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 blah. So that's chicken talk, everybody. <laughs> Cage free. 
No. All right, take note, listeners. <laughs> These chickens were not raised humanely. We need to come it up begins. with a- <laughs> Here it goes. Uh, so I'm drinking my usual non-alcoholic beer. What do you got? It looks dark. This is It's called Dark and Gordy okay. from Athletic. Um, and I mixed that- Is it pumpkin It is pumpkin Okay. And I mixed it with- Another, I mixed two non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic beers together. Does that make wow. one alcohol? It does. Now it's one percent. <laughs> um, so I started this on September first, not drinking and eating differently. So now I'm down twenty-two pounds since wow. then. So that's a lot of weight. That is. So once I get below one fifty, we're gonna stop, put it all back on, fall <laughs> off the wagon, and we'll do it all that's, again next year. Considering we are in a pandemic. And mm-hmm. we're going into like hibernation season where you yeah. generally want to eat more like comforting foods and put a little weight on. That's really good, Pat. We're all proud. Thank you. I mean, I've done, I do this like every 18 months where I'll just <laughs> go on a thing and try to get healthy. But uh, what are you drinking? I think you're drinking, it's not, is it a red wine spritzer or just red wine? This is just red wine in okay. a jar. And this is an herbal tea. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Rough, rough episode last week with the fucking Ken Euphorics. I mean, that I shit. I really liked it. Oh, wait, Scott. Scott has a beer, too. Oh. I do okay. have a beer. I got a Barrel House Z. Okay. Swear jar. It's a milk porter. All right. I like mm. it. They're located in Weymouth. Are they? You can go down there and check them out. All of their beers are barrel aged. Are they sponsoring the podcast now? Hopefully. We'll see <laughs> if we can get them to sponsor it. Um, I'll send them an email. Okay. I think we need to make an Instagram account where people we can post stuff and then people can respond in real time because no one's going to send us a fucking email. No. I was thinking about that. Um, they might if they feel passionate about something. Enough. I think they should. I haven't checked the email in a while. Who knows what's in there? It could be full. Could be. Um, <laughs> so we drank that Can You Forks last week and mm-hmm. it just made me feel. I did that whole episode with like a terrible stomach ache. I felt so Aww. weird. I just felt <laughs> weird. I felt weird the whole day. I felt fine. Yeah, I, be, I also felt fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it came out on the pod how weird I felt, but I felt... But then you sucked down more that night. Um, <laughs> well, no, I did the sleepy one, and that was... It didn't do... The only affecting part was the melatonin, and it's like 0.5 grams or whatever, mm. milligrams. And like when I take melatonin, I'll take six before bed. Six... Five milligram pills? No, no, no. Six milligrams. Oh, oh, oh. So and this is only half of one milligram? So I had two. So, that one so it was one milligram. One. But the way melatonin works, it's like therapeutic, but then it can stop working. Mm. So who knows? But uh, send me more stuff and, you know. <laughs> we'll drink it and trash it. We'll drink and trash it. I'll probably have one in a few minutes. Um, I mean, it does taste. You hated it, right? I did not like it. But you liked it. Do you want a Kin Spritzer? I'll take one All if right. you're offering, but I you didn't, don't like my I didn't free- try what you guys had, so I oh. had a different a different thing. Okay. Maybe but we'll- I did enjoy it. You want to try the other thing? What? All right. Maybe we'll- Because sure. I feel like we're going to get on a roll today, so maybe we'll take a break at some point and Yeah, we can fuel do that up. and then bang out all the heads. Bang out the heads. <laughs> now, did you know that Scott Ackerman is doing, and Adam Scott are doing a Talking Heads podcast? No. So they, they had a U2 podcast, right? Yeah, and they- the, the names are really funny. Yeah. And they did an REM one too. Okay. And then they did, I think maybe Red Hot Chili Peppers and then the Talking Heads one. And it's like, it's called like, are you Talking Heads? To, like it's some weird funny thing. And I'm, 
I was like, ah, oh, fuck. So <laughs> that's our number one competition right now. It's the king of podcasting, we, Scott Ackerman. We can hang. We try our best. Um, yeah, that's the drink segment. I want to make intros for all the segments. What are you drinking? That'd be great. All right, Very dudes rock. It is sound. dudes rock. What would women's intro be? I don't know. Do, I have to do, think about do, it. Do, do. Mary had a little lamb or something. Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so Scott's thoughts. This we should know what segment. we should do. This is a new segment. Wait, hold on. <laughs> you sh- do you still have access to your live journal? I don't think so. Oh. I've tried to dig it up. Damn, we should have. We should someday read excerpts from it. Emily's a better researcher on that front I than me. I can probably find it. All right. Write that down for next week. <laughs> you know what? We'll save that for like when we're... We don't need to do this. We don't need <laughs> to do that because mine, the, the way I would get it is through mine and I don't care to read Then we'll read mine, yours. So then no. mine. Um, <laughs> Although I do have a nice uh, Jim Joyce tirade that he went on off one of my live journal posts. I have no up. recollection of that. Mm. I, I really always cherished uh, Upon a Broken Foot. That was so great. As it's a name. brilliant. Is that yours? No, that was mine. Oh. When he broke his foot, when he by kicking <laughs> his own drywall, uh, I hit the electrical outlet. Oh, that's what broke it. The drywall was, crumbled like <laughs> like drywall does. The Panthers Patriots Super Bowl, which we won, and I mean, I broke my foot. Yep. Tough times. And then, prob- when was when did you puke in the cab? That was the week later. That was a week <laughs> later. Oh my god! I was next, like, yeah, the next weekend, car got towed. <laughs> wow. Who was the foot. who was the kid that got like Threw pulled over in the alleyway? Who was Jim's friend that was always causing trouble? Dan. What was his last name? We can bleep it out. Balzanelli or something? Huh. Morgan Morganelli. Morganelli sounds familiar. We won't edit that out, but folks, if you know him, <laughs> wrong. call in. We want him on the show. He was an electrician. He was Stuff. a character. He used to come over, take a couple of gravity bong hits while he was working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you want to do when you're going to work with live wires yeah 20 was, years ago <laughs> he was nuts ah those were the days, were the loved, days. loved a long board oh my god i woke up once at to 2 a.m to him piercing some girl's nipples in my living room wild wild life. wild stuff that's incredible good <laughs> stuff there back in quincy i drive you can see that from the highway i you drive and i see the it's old a great location yeah we should play uh Old Apartment by BNL. No, we don't okay. need to play. <laughs> All right, so do you want to talk about this next thing, Scott? This was uh, burning you up. You had to get this off your chest. <laughs> well, I was just thinking. Okay. we are Take uh, note, ladies. We're nearing the precipice of 40, and 40 seems pretty old. Mm-hmm. Judd Apatow, this is 40. You mm-hmm. know, but do you feel old? No. You know, and when you were 20 half that age uh-huh and you thought about 40 what did you think of i thought i'd be dead honestly. Jeez. <laughs> I, I mean i was dark. under no delusions that i would be like if i'm being honest i feel like i've come kind of a long way since i was 20 i mean sure. i'm the only one in the room with a mortgage that's true um but at the same time it wasn't i didn't like think that i was gonna wake up when i was 40 and be like i have it wasn't going to be some talking head situation. (laughs) So I didn't think that I certainly was hoping that I wouldn't live at home with my parents. But at the same time, if it was the case, I wouldn't have been mad because I only moved out. So my other part of the question was as a 30 year old from 20 to 30, 
I feel like not much at all changed. What? How old were you when you got married? Thirty. <laughs> so you did get married. 29. Yeah. All right. So. But I'm talking more mindset. I think. Well, I haven't like given up hope in the world yet. We're what getting there personally, or for the actual world. For the actual world, oh, we're I getting have. there. Have you? Oh yeah. Then why are you so excited about the election? I'm not. You it's were for it, one uh, day. One okay. Day. One Saturday. You're allowed to be one day. One day. You're allowed one day of happiness, Scott, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Twelve hours. <laughs> Next not even twenty-four. <laughs> now I have to give Joe Biden money so he can fend off Ugh. Donald Trump. Yeah. What a fucking scam! I saw that and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I yeah. really. I, I'm. They didn't wait long for the grift to set in. No. Like they. They didn't wait long. Yeah. Nope. That's depressed. That's how I know that. Like, yeah, you don't want to see Donald Trump in office again. But if it does, absolutely not. If it, but like, what if it happens? It's not really gonna affect us on a level of our quality of life. It's just gonna make us go fucking crazy. Which would affect you, right? But like, I'm saying you're still gonna go to work. You're still gonna come home. Is this because of how waspy we are? Oh, I don't. I just. Do you, why? What do you think? Like it's maddening and it makes you feel nuts, but not much changes. I don't know. I'm bad at the macro side of it. Okay. Well, on the micro, it feels really weird. But macro, micro, it it feels bad. Macro, it's not living in Massachusetts, having a pretty liberal. I mean, we just hit 12 million cases in the United States today. We're at 255,000 I disagree deaths. about the micro-macro. I think macro, it's more upsetting than micro because micro is how we feel it in our, our own like individualized lives, whereas micro, it's a very scary idea for the world to have him in office for another four years. I mean, he's... Because of all the... I agree, but he... Okay, he's checked out completely. Like, he's not doing anything. Tweeting no, up a storm. Yeah, Getting money from his rubes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... He I completely c- turned the tide on Fox News. But see, that that can be temporary. I mean, if he's in office again, he will court. Like, I... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I don't know. I, I just... It's been... So anyways, this is how we know we're 40. Yeah. So we talk <laughs> about the election. I don't know. I don't feel... I just feel like I'm going crazy the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. But at the it's same all, time... It's all that work. Well, at the same time, like, you know, these stupid lawsuits are they're nothing but who knows if god forbid the supreme court got involved which they aren't on track to but no but it doesn't take much it doesn't take much for there's no precedent for what's happening so why not create one so i don't know i i i emailed you about the stupid michigan people certifying that felt good for 18 hours and then they (laughs) rescinded their certification but it really doesn't mean anything but you know there's still it's still a bipartisan board that has to certify the election on Monday. All right. We don't have to do all this. Okay. It's just, um, <laughs> sad. Anyway. Um, this is what it is to be 40 is just sad. Okay. So sports and books. Mm-hmm. I don't have the Washington Post subscription, so I couldn't read this article. You, I, I don't either, and I could. I didn't read it. It's about, it. it's about <laughs> it's about Steph Curry. He, so uh, the female gets treated. Oh, the, uh, the, yeah. I did read that. Okay. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's starting a book club. He started a book club, so they're on his second book. I just thought this was interesting because Steph Curry, I don't follow sports mm-hmm. hardly at all, but he's one of the names I would know. Okay. He's one of the biggest NBA players, right? Like one of the most well-known NBA players. Yeah. Probably and, top four. And he's 
he's setting a very good example for all the young people who are into sports. All the young dudes? All the young dudes or dudettes or wherever they are <laughs> on the spectrum. Oh, I think basketball players are probably the most cerebral of all the athletes in a way. I mean, I don't know. Baseball players are all... I guess I can see where you're coming from with that because... Activist, activism-wise, they are... There's a lot because it's a mostly black league. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of like outside influences to keep issues that are coming, like current issues, like to keep them at the forefront of the game, especially in the last year. So it's not surprising that Steph Curry is doing this, right? And it feels very—I hate this word sometimes—but it feels very authentic coming from him. Whereas, like, if a baseball player tried to do it, it would feel like some kind of—I can't imagine. When a baseball player... There, were, there was somebody that did it in baseball. I forget who it was. Dirk Hayhurst? Didn't he write a book? R.A. Dickey? I don't when know. baseball players come out as cerebral, it always seems very strange because it's always pitchers. It's like... Or catchers. Catchers, like the smart guys. Um, and then sometimes they turn into Trevor Bauer. Yeah, who's bad. He's a MAGA guy. Uh-oh. Well, didn't you say recently that all baseball players probably voted for trump yeah it's gonna be high 90 percent. no i would say that it's 60 (laughs) high 90s yeah i uh mariano rivera man yeah well he's not an american is he american citizen i have no idea okay don't come in with these things we gotta know (laughs) okay okay? he's very pro trump he's pro you wouldn't assume so yeah i know it's kind of weird because he seems like a smart guy that's another thing too And he seems like a good guy. When he blew the World Series in 04 against the, or he blew the LCS, he. Uh, what does LCS stand the for? The ALCS, American League Championship Series. Okay. The following season, the Red Sox opened, I think, their opening series against the Yankees in Fenway. They were showing clips of the, the big win against the Yankees, and Rivera blew the game, and he was like, tipping his hat he seemed really jovial about it yeah because everyone was cheering for him in fenway yeah it was really he was like smiling and laughing yeah it's really depressing to think that all baseball players like trump i can't (laughs) i'm not gonna be able i'm gonna have to research this i need voting records um i guess that's what people like about it is that they don't really show their cards with politics because we get people crying about keeping sports and politics separate with yeah. the basketball players. See, I, I think that's like the most biggest load of baloney is keep sports yeah. out. I mean, it, we're not really saying anything that people don't say like all the time, but it is very strange that I just hate how two-faced conservative and Republicans are with that because they're, then again, it's the athletes that are more left-leaning are always way better than the shittiest whatever actors actresses like a athletes yeah the right has scott Bayo and ricky schroeder <laughs> okay the left has lebron james whatever um did you see Steph that curry this we might have to take this out but did you see that they bailed that kid out of jail yeah kyle rittenhouse that was bad. two million cash bond yep. yeah that's bad that's, that's really the stuff bad. that makes me feel crazy mm-hmm. yeah um the my pillow guy we love him <laughs> we love his pillows. It was the My Pillow guy paid for it, and Ricky guy, fucking Schroeder. I hate the My Spoons. What happened to you? I know. I hate the My Pillow guy. What kind so of pillow? I, you, I pillow check. Okay. Sorry. On the agenda, you added Yonder Alonzo <laughs> retired. Why does this note? <laughs> I love Yonder Alonzo. First yeah. round pick, baby. Okay. He retired. Wish him well. What's your favorite Yonder Alonzo moment? 
Something with the White Sox. Okay, interesting. Mine, athletics. Okay, got Gordon Hayward. Adios. See you later. Smell you later. Who is he? He was a probably the second was it the biggest second biggest free agent signing of the Danny Ainge era at the time after Horford. Sure. And uh first game of the season he broke his foot slash leg. This was three years ago. Yeah. Like the first five minutes of the season. Destroyed his leg. Oh, literally broke it. And he's just never been the same since. Never quite fit in. I don't really. So, so he had an option year in his contract, so he had to decide whether or not to take. It was like thirty-four million, which is a lot. Um, but he opted out, and so he, he basically said, "I'm going to forego my thirty-four million and try to get a better deal in the open market." And Michael Jordan came through and said, "You know what? Here's four years and a hundred and twenty million dollars for a guy who might not ever be good again." Kind and of injury prone, gets banged up. Was never like that when he played on his previous team. But the problem is the Celtics didn't get anything for him because they let him leave as a free agent. Uh, so they could have tried to work out a trade and get something back. And the NBA is very complicated in how this happens. But, it is. Like you could sign a guy. It's called a sign and trade. You would give the guy the contract, but the contract would be agreed to by the other team. So then you trade him there and then you get your assets back. Danny fucked that up and got nothing. They did sign Tristan Thompson. The Celtics? Yeah. I miss them. When? Are you sure? Uh, well, on the drive over. When I was outside, I started on Twitter. What? Huh. <clears throat> so. They well, wanted him for a while. Now, Gordon Hayward, during when the players were in the bubble, you could put whatever you want in the back of your shirt. Black, I think black, we actually talked lives. about this. Yeah. He put education reform. That was his choice. He, hmm. People. Not hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, I mean, I was taking a sip, so well, that's the, all I could do. The criticism. Just lower it an octave. <laughs> I think Gordon Hayward, when I watched him play, he did have a positive impact on the Celtics. When he was right, that's when they played their best. But he was just not right very often. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because it was a pretty exciting signing. And Brad Stevens was his college coach as well. So he kind of recruited him to the Celtics. But like on the way out the door, it's like people just are like, yeah, good riddance. And it's like, well, they need players. They need him. It's going to be a weird year. When did they start? December? December 22nd. That's insane. Christmas week. That is fucking insane. Yeah. Wow. But like some teams, if you didn't make the the bubble, you, you haven't played, played since March. Right. So some, some teams too. only have six weeks off. Some have nine months off. It's going to be wild. It's been a wild two days in a NBA free agency. 2020. It's almost over. I'm gonna mi- we'll have the big 2020 podcast spectacular. We can skip the politics and go right to the furniture Let's, fans. Yeah. AOC loved Infinite Jest. That's cool. I hated Obama's playlist. Did you like it? I didn't like it or hate it. I'm just uh, looking forward to having someone in the White House again who like talks about these things. I mean, Joe Biden probably won't have a playlist drop, but Obama used to like put together book lists of the recommended reading list, and he did a playlist every summer, and it just feels like he's more in tune. He That's why Trump won. Who works for yeah, him? Yeah, I'm going to go more on Scott's thing here. This is this is a great way to sort of appeal to I don't know my parents in a way <laughs> to do stuff like this. I'm not saying he doesn't listen to these songs, but that's why Trump won is because Paul McCartney serenaded Michelle Obama in the White House. What that, uh, What do you mean that's why Trump won? Because pe- re- it's the it's perpetrating this idea of like these liberal elites that conservatives absolutely despise. They don't like people that listen to music and read books. 
I don't. Oh, I, God, they no. don't. I, I don't think they do. <sighs> do you but, know what conservative media looks like? I don't. Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza stinks. Ugh, yeah, Tucker Carlson. Um, Tommy Laren. Conservatives are. Um, the right is getting better at comedy. Was a great tweet from like three. Bright years eyes. Ago. Sorry. Bright eyes. Like he's a liberal. <laughs> I have to edit that out. Um, okay, well, moving on. Um, forget about the politics. Mm-hmm. We'll move on. Let's get a little more highbrow. <laughs> Phrases that are back. Sucks ass versus suck my ass. I just who, feel who like these are coming up? up a lot lately. So last week off air, Scott said, it might have been about Giuliani. He sucks ass. And then I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago, and she was telling me the story about um, a coworker who was upset with the boss, mm-hmm. and she said she can suck my ass. Jesus, what the coworker Ooh. said that's pretty crass. Hey now, it just feels like it's coming back. One second, or both, or what are you thinking? Uh, just any variation of suck and ass. I think they're making a comeback. <laughs> this is where we are in 2020. These phrases are are hitting people in the right way. I now, think. when you put this, when did you put this on the list? Was it like you, midweek? <laughs> no, you said after Scott last week said he sucks ass, and I said that's coming back. You said add that to the oh. agenda for next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, when I was thinking about it, and if one of my, if I was telling a story, <laughs> and one of my friends said. Your, was your friend relaying something she heard? Yeah, the coworker said about the boss. It, it, she these, can suck my ass. That's so. <laughs> I rarely hear. Yeah, I don't. I don't use like casual, like, I, I don't know what. How, it would. I be, don't know what word you're looking for, but be, I don't believe it. It would be jarring <laughs> to hear that from anybody. I like. It if was you told jarring me, to hear it secondhand. If you told me a story and it used that, I'd be like, okay, easy. Like, <laughs> suck, would, suck my ass? No, even if you were just relaying a story, even if you were relaying a story, I'd be like, whoa, like everyone's crossing the line here. Because <laughs> you would never use that. You, you would never use, say, tell me to suck ass or or tell a story. You'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. That, I mean. But I will say, since I heard that story, it, it comes up in my head like the sometimes throughout like the work week oh this sucks ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i don't think i've ever said suck my ass to anybody <laughs> i don't think so either um but i have said sucks ass i did last week i would say this shit sucks ass but have you said it recently i feel like maybe 15 years ago uh scott's bringing it back he's a trendsetter <laughs> i could think of like oh this shit fucking sucks ass i can't believe it. I, I i bet i have said it for a work related thing Okay. Having to do like physical, a physical thing at work, I've probably said it. But never suck my ass. I've never told anyone to suck my ass. <laughs> suck my ass. <laughs> let's try it out. Let me try it. Okay. I'm at. Let's do a little role that's play. Our okay. no, Let, that's, no, that's our homework. That's our homework. No. Okay. Um, this is gonna be good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to CVS. I'm getting my prescription. Shocked for... you didn't go for unloading the dishwasher. That's usually <laughs> your go-to. Oh, oh. Okay. Here. Okay. You're my mother. <laughs> Okay, I'm just got home from playing street hockey with my friends. Okay, and I run in, so um, I'm running in the house, and you have to tell me to unload the dishwasher. All right, Patrick. What? You had your fun. Okay. It's time to get to the chores. You got to unload the dishwasher. Oh, mom, <laughs> suck my ass. <laughs> no, what would you say? I I don't know. I'm not a parent. Patrick, so I know Colin how to react. McDonough, I will not suck your ass. <laughs> and then I'd go to my room, 
Shut the door, slam it. Blast uh, smashing I'm think, pumpkins. No, or Limp Bizkit breaks stuff. <laughs> yeah, there it is. We should start going into like, get into more like plays, like radio plays. Yeah. Because if I had any producing skills, I would have just gone right into break stuff. Hell yeah. And then I would have slammed the door. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, maybe we can do curse word of the week where we each pick a curse word and then use it throughout the week. And then we'll regroup and say, how did it go? If you start saying Maybe. suck my ass to people, it's, gonna, <laughs> it's, not, it's not gonna go over well. That's like what a kid says in a movie. Uh, introduce it to your interns. Try to tell them to get <laughs> They're it They're off next week. So suck my ass would be like a kid in a movie would say that to like a parent and it would be like, oh my God, and everyone would laugh. In one of those late 80s movies. Yeah, like. Yeah, where it's all about the kids rebelling. Exactly, yeah. like um, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I Love bet they movie. say it in that. I guarantee there is a dishwashing scene in that movie. Really? Too. Or yeah, like we'll Uncle Buck? Revisit it. Uncle I bet Buck's Uncle Buck movie. was a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, John Candy. We miss you. Okay, for the furniture fans, <laughs> alliteration time. For the furniture fans, um, I have a couch. Wow! Big news. Got uh, delivered on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On the uh, earliest part of the jo- Jordan's window. Okay. The, week, the day off. I took the day off. I'm listening. I just got to go grab something. Hold on. And I've spent a lot of time on that couch in the past week. It's very comfortable. How has your viewing experience been? It has been improved markedly. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I've passed out on it between two and four times in the last six days. Last night for one, right? Last night. It's like just that. a very comfortable couch. So now you don't have to sleep with your wife anymore. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Um, Although, it, I, I got the king-size bed upstairs, so I can avoid her up there in the bed. Scott has the biggest bedroom I've ever seen in my life. Huge, yeah. I mean, your bedroom is massive. as big as my... Your your living room, your bedroom is probably 350 square feet. It's large. I'll have to figure out the square footage. Don't. I don't want to be in bed. I have a second furniture <laughs> update, too. Well, hold on. Okay. Two furniture updates? Uh, we two, haven't even... Two in one week. I want a couch review. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the couch. I oh. thought it looked awesome. I, yeah. I really, it looked the, a lot the more. The color's really good. We haven't seen it in person yet. Only pictures. It's very comfortable. Did your wife listen to this? No. I didn't love the last coach and love seat you had. I didn't love the floral print. Um, this is. It was a different time. But uh, okay. that couch was extremely comfortable. Um, I spent many a night there too. <laughs> that looked like a couch that the material of your old couch looked like something Lena Dunham would wear on season three <laughs> of Girls. You're she right. She would try to squeeze into and say, uh. this is fashion. <laughs> Uh, had so to yeah, go with squeeze in, didn't th- you? This <laughs> is a it's a little more neutral color, I guess, a little gray. Yep. I think it looks great. Um the room it's a tough room to outfit a couch in, but we can fit uh, all all four people in the family on it pretty comfortably. And I'm loving it. Very cool. exciting. What is your second furniture update? Second furniture I, this update. Is, I wasn't ready for this. Me either. Is Bob's got back to Marie this week. And we have a delivery date for the living room furniture, nice. which will be a couch, a love seat, and a chair. And so December 17th, the whole house will almost be furnished. Wait, so where is this couch you just got? It's in the TV room. Oh. The living room is in the entrance where the new TV is. I think wow. you need... Your, pla- your first floor of rooms is a loose description of everything. It's open, open concept. Yeah. 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 So... Fine. Well, that's great because I was worried that the couch, it, it fits, I I need to see it in person, but from the picture I saw, it looks better than I thought it would. Waiting it out seemed like a good, is a good idea at this point, making sure you had the perfect fit. I didn't have much choice on that matter, but yeah, w- when we went to buy the couch, that was, uh, there were two that were the ones we liked the most, 
and we didn't one was a thousand dollars more than that one how much was the one you got after the 15 percent off it was 2700 yeah i mean when 15% off makes a difference you're spending a lot of fucking money yeah yeah so but wh- uh, i'm going to spend a lot of time on that fucking couch it's true <laughs> yeah have you uh I spilled water on it today okay. for the first time. I need to come over there and do my thing. <laughs> you know what I? You know how I do. I you do. know what Pat's capable of. You've yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever it was. I don't know. Yeah, you're gonna say something like, "Oh, I spilled red wine on Brad's couch." Meanwhile, one of his friends fucking stabbed it with a knife repeatedly, and I'm the bad guy. <laughs> good God. Yep. Fucking war crime. Um, <laughs> all right. The good the, old days. The good old days. The main event. Mm-hmm. Um. The reason why we're here, we didn't you even break. Yeah, let's break. All right, everybody, we'll be back after a word from our sponsor. Bye. Pause. Genius, <laughs> because I forgot to record. It's like five minutes of mediocrity. Oh, <laughs> we okay. Luckily, I wrote down everything we said, so we'll start with where did you leave off? All right, transcript. Ah, oh, brutal. Well, it's it's good you're gonna get your money's worth with the stenographer, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I See what's bound to happen, and it's because we paused it, and I don't know what the fuck I did, but you didn't press uh, record that's again. Brutal. <laughs> I didn't. Re- I didn't press record. Now I have two files. I got to fucking merge together. A lot of Damn work for it. you. Anyway, Ty Dollarstein, Temptation, featuring Kid Cudi. <laughs> we love it, don't we? Temptation. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we kind of dove right in. See, I listen to so many like podcasts that are like ill-produced that this shit happens all the fucking time. And it's neither here nor there. They don't seem to mark. No biggie. No no biggie. But we had that great point about Vampire Weekend. (laughs) Fuck. All right. So what what, did we? We kind of just we went right in for it. Right into Talking Heads. Um, All right. Talking Talking Heads. Mm -hmm. Um, We listened to more songs about building and food. Buildings and food. (laughs) What a great name for a record. Do you know the story how they got the name for the record? It, they were trying to come up with the name of it, and Chris said, well, what about songs about buildings and food? Or something like, it's just more songs about buildings and food, and the producer was like, great, we're using that. So. Pretty cool name, takes, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as Talking Heads, like, deep cuts, mm-hmm. Clerks 2, remember that film? Yeah. They used the Talking Heads song on the soundtrack, Nothing But Flowers. I'll believe you. That song is used on a lot of soundtracks. Really? Like, I think. No, no, I'm thinking of Home naive melody but i will say i think that the best use of a talking head song in a movie is at the very end of little monsters 1989 this is my first foray into talking heads i was a child it's a very emotional ending Mm -hmm. fred savage and howie mandel howie mandel's a monster they develop this friendship they're saying goodbye they fred savage and his buddies get up to this so they're in this underground monster world and they have to like find their way out and they find their way out and they make it to this beach in california cue road to nowhere and it's just the lyrics the music everything is perfect perfect yep it's the best use native mallet no oh, road, road to, nowhere. to nowhere okay i'll one-up you on that not okay. purposely but um the whiz you ever mm-hmm. see that movie yeah they play Road to Nowhere in that, too. Do they? And is Fred Savage remember. in that? No. Is he in the I Wiz? think he might be. I don't think so. It, well, Jenny Lewis is. It's a very strange movie. Wait. 
The one where they play video games. He plays... Uh, oh, <laughs> that's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Michael Jackson? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was just had a, I was thinking, like, that whole, like, Uncle Buck thing make it, but yeah, we didn't lose Wait, that. Wait, so there's two movies where Fred Savage is playing video games? Because he's doing that in the beginning of The Princess Bride, too. It was the late 80s, man. Yeah, it was Fred Savage's time, baby. <laughs> I like this uh, segue better than the last one we did because I was just like, yeah, we did this, this, and this. But uh, Little Monsters was a weird movie because I thought it was very weird that he read Playboy magazine. Why is that? So the the monsters are all teenagers. It's still weird. They get like turned into monsters. Did you know any kids that did actually... Did you look at Playboys when you were a teenager? Or did you want to at least? Oh, I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I fucking really needed to. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know anyone that like had a subscription to Playboy magazine? A subscription? I, no, there no. were definitely kids that had it. No. Wow. Cool kids. They had cool parents. Yeah. I found my Playboys like a regular buried in the woods. <laughs> An older man showed me where they were buried in the woods. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, the first point that we have to like go through again was more songs about buildings and food. Mm-hmm. I really dug it. I loved it. I love the African rhythms, the R&B. Not a mixture that was kind of, I guess, prevalent at the time. I, why did he... Where did, do you know how he got influenced by like the African rhythms? I don't... No, I don't know exactly. Okay. Well, you know, the first track, Thank You For Sending Me An Angel, sort of like a mission statement for the whole record, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Galloping. Love it. It, it makes you want to move. Scott, what do you think? The song or the album? G- give me what you thought of the Talking Heads before, because I know you had seen the, the movies a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and no, you- no interest in the Talking Heads before that, right? No. My okay. only Talking Heads exposure was in Quincy. This was, Psycho Killer this was like, one of Jim's songs. Really? Yeah. So we listened to Psycho Killer a lot, because picture Jim belting out the chorus. He just, you know, a big F. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a lot of Quincy talk today, which Sorry. I think is funny. It's a good year. Um, was it a rock band song or a Guitar Hero song? I don't think so, no. Okay. It was just one of those stone songs that were fun to belt out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I watched American Utopia first a couple months ago. All right. Or whenever Let's not, it dropped. I don't want to get to it yet. But then I watched Stop Making Sense, and then I listened to the album. What so made you... reverse. Okay. This was a question I had, too. What made you watch American Utopia? Because like, direct- you're not a Talking Heads fan. Yeah, it was directed by Spike Lee. Okay. That was We went on a quarantine Spike Lee kind of. Yeah, I hit him hard early on. Mm-hmm. Okay. He got spiked. <laughs> um, now, did this album have like a lot of like radio singles besides Take Me to the River? No. Okay, because I found it. That's the it- thing about this band. They weren't like critically successful. Yeah. Or commercially successful, but they were very critically yeah, successful. Yeah, I was going to say it, the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, well, you know more about the rest of the band than probably I do, but I saw David Byrne live right during the day at Bonnaroo. It was daylight. How was that? It was awesome. I mean, it made you want to move. And I knew who the Talking Heads were, and I'm sure he did a bunch of Talking Heads songs. I could probably find the set list. I didn't. I didn't do that on purpose because I didn't want to see like what I didn't remember. Yeah. Bonnaroo was great, but it was That was just... the first time you tried cocaine, right? <laughs> no. Come on. Edit that up. <laughs> what um, year, Pat? Twenty eleven? Like Bruce Springsteen and Fish played. That 
they you see were, Bruce Springsteen? I did. That That's was not great a good too. Show. Mm-hmm. They call him the boss. Oh. Did you know that? <laughs> He's a blue collar guy. I heard he serenaded Obama's children in the White House. A new song Conservatives hate this man. Uh, I can't stand him on record, like his music, to be honest. But oh, Emily I have, just oof, daggers. No, <laughs> no, I mean I. That's fine. I love. He's so Bruce much better live. But I have a very vivid memory of you telling me that "I'm on Fire" is one of the best, like lyrically, songs you've ever heard. It that is true. <laughs> it's a great song, but like he's got a lot of uh, garbaggio. It's got a lot of not good stuff. How do you feel about the boss? Not for me. How can you be like? Oh, I'm not even gonna get into it. I was gonna do like a big labor union thing. Gonna, and why yeah. is he the boss? But we're not doing it. Um, were you familiar with this album before we kind of took a deep dive? Yeah. What? Yeah, so you had asked me which albums we should do, and I suggested one of the first two, either mm-hmm. Talking Heads '77 or this song. And you said, "Let's." I mean, this album. Yeah, because I thought that that Nothing But Flowers was on this record. No. I don't know why. I think maybe I was attracted to the title because I love buildings and I love food. Yeah. What's um, not to love? Yeah. Now, what, how did you get into the Talking Heads? Well, Little Monsters was my first Oh, okay. <laughs> intro. I, I, I mean, it's weird. I think, get... So I was five when I first saw that movie, but I loved that movie, so I watched it over and over again, and I loved that song, and this was obviously pre-Google. Mm-hmm. So I would like sit You would ask Jeeves. I watched <laughs> the credits to see who sang that song. Smart move, yeah. And then later, when I got cable, I was late to the cable game. I think I was like Scott nine. was early to all these Yeah technological games true. I just want to throw that out there VH1 Classic would play some of the old videos so I, I knew all the hits like very early on mm-hmm. and she was Wild Wildlife Once in a Lifetime mm-hmm. um, they got a lot of hits yeah I mean they weren't really hits they became hits like later after the fact but at the time they weren't really that you know, big I think um, Burning Down the House was the only one to break the top 10 I could be wrong about that but there's only one song that broke like a top 10 now he does Burning Down the House in American Utopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Stop Making Sense. Yes. Yes. I have a list what, of the songs that he what does. What a like. Well, isn't, it am, isn't it amazing that. Yeah, color coded it. He does these two like performances, and you can just pull out that track and just be like, we're going to fucking. By the way, we're going to do this. Yeah. It, that's like. Uh, it's amazing to have that. It's like, always going to kill. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about the two films was the mixture of kind of covers unknown type songs and then he pulls out the hits like that's what i want to see when i go to a show i want to see like lcd sound system so much I, I, do you know why they call it the, they named it that record no because win butler nope. screamed it out shut up and play the hits no. from the arcade fire uh-huh. and then another guy threw his shirt on the stage that was me when we saw it. <laughs> That's um, why the next album's called. Yeah. Uh, put your shirt back on, Fat Tits. That's the other name. That's the name of the Arcade Fire live record. Uh, <laughs> so what was your favorite? I, I don't... There was so much with this album that like I couldn't... Right. I read a Pitchfork review. It talked about the Afro beats, which yep. I kind of took anyway. It reminded me of Vampire Weekend. People say Vampire Weekend ripped off... Paul Simon, specifically Graceland, I find them to have a lot more in common with Talking Heads because Paul Simon's a chameleon. He, from record to record, he's always changing it up. I would say the same thing about Talking Heads and David Byrne, but yeah, David Byrne, I would call him the approachable and warm genius. Mm-hmm. But do you think he was like that in the Talking Heads? 
what, he was not shaking a, no her head. okay at the end of American Utopia when he came off and he's go, did you see the very very end when he's like yeah. there, that was so nice but you're about to drop the bomb on me very sad he was not he's a dick yeah well so I read the book Remain in Love which is the drummer Chris Francis book um, and it's all about his time it's, it's a memoir basically so mm-hmm. it's his life which includes being in the Talking Heads and Tom Tom Club um, David Byrne notoriously was very difficult to work with extremely difficult to work with he okay. mentions this in the in the uh, Desert Island yeah discs too and I thought I, his music taste on that sucked I didn't really Halsey who's Halsey she's new yeah she's newer okay Um, he, I guess is on the autism spectrum as well, which was like, he discovered later in life. So he attributes some of that like stubbornness and difficulty to get along with being on the spectrum in that sense. Um, but yeah, he apparently just always wanted the spotlight, took credit for everything. Like the drummer made it sound like the, all of the writing was a very collaborative effort. So they would write all the music together and then David would like go off by himself and kind of write the lyrics not for every song there was some collaboration on the lyrics on a lot of songs including Psycho Killer which was the first song they wrote together as a really? band really? Huh. isn't that crazy? that it was is. the first song they wrote together so they should have just been called Talking Head and so, it was David Byrne this is my yeah. Scott joke <laughs> and he would do yeah. things like he would <clears> just better. like between albums they, w- they wouldn't really hang out they would they would like go their separate ways and then like so a when year I was, would go by. When I was watching Stop Making Sense, I had that feeling that it looked yeah. like yeah, everything's going to be his way. But was he wrong? It that all worked. Like, well, yeah, that was kind of... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So like Stop Making Sense, I guess he told everyone who was going to be on stage to wear like muted colors because he didn't want the light to be catching off of anyone who wore like a white or a light colored outfit. Yeah. And then he last minute comes out in this light colored suit so that he would be like normal size suit though. <laughs> the first one was normal size, yeah. Second one was large. I'll tell you what, say whatever you want about the big suit. It's I can't stop looking it at it. It fucking plays. It, it it's so good. How long ago is it? 20, 30 years later? It was 36 years. It fucking works. That big suit. So put that in the Smithsonian. Yeah. Plus I love that song. Oh yeah. yeah. That song's so good. Um he and said he I wanted the, the big suit because Mu- you feel music first in your body. He wanted to make his head look really small. Yeah, because music you feel in your body first, and then your head analyzes it later. But huh. he wanted to he, highlight the body. He dances. I, I love that they named it after a line in the song, too. Yeah. yeah that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I love this song. I, I love every song on the album. It's a great album. I'm uh, more like above average on most of them. I don't love the this, album. I, I threw this on. Probably listened to it seven or eight times all the way through. It's it's a little bloated, and it kind of it. There's a lot. There's a lot of tracks on it, right? It, yeah. Um, well, eleven. I mean, okay, the deluxe right, version is more. Deluxe. Yeah, yeah. But it's great background, but it also these are good songs. It's kind of, right. you know, it it's right in the middle. What of we that. were saying on the first record, <laughs> yeah, was that they are a band who just have created their own sound. Yeah, like completely. Definitely. I thought that when I watched Stop Making Sense. I thought it was cool that David Byrne allowed the spotlight was on him, but it wasn't always on him. I thought, but it wasn't really ever on any of the other Talking Heads, especially Chris France and Tina Weymouth, who were a couple. And I guess that like 
was a constant. Source. Are they still together? Yeah. Wow, that's wow. crazy. Wow. Yep. Good for you guys. Yeah. Good for them. Great. Yeah, we should get them on. Talk so about he Dave like Byrne. he's very engaging with all of the other like. Those two black, those two black girls, women, they were awesome. Yeah, um, but you can see him dancing with them and dancing yeah. with all the other guys. But he doesn't really do that with. Um, he does it with Jerry Harrison, the the mm-hmm. fourth member of the band, but not with the other two so much. There's like two instances where he's. Huh. I'm kind of yeah. I guess I'm giving him a pass. Yeah, me too. Was he like a bad guy? Are we canceling David no, Byrne on the podcast? No, we're not canceling him. And he even said I watched. Um, an interview with him where they were like, because he hosts, he uh, went on SNL recently with John Mulaney, mm-hmm. and someone interviewed him where they were playing his SNL clips from 1976 or whatever it okay. was to now, and he was like, I was a, a completely different guy back then. He said, I was extremely stubborn and difficult to work with, and I hope I've changed. So Yeah. Well, I I guess I don't know enough about the background players and the, t- um, the other yeah, two people. Yeah, I didn't either. Tina Weymouth. Yep. Now she's from Weymouth, right? <laughs> That's not, not a name you hear ever except Weymouth, Mass. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. She's um, from. Well, they all went to RISD. Did you know that? They went to RISD, yeah. No. Do you know what RISD is? No. Rhode Island School of Design. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do they do music there? No, they're all artists. Oh. Well, Jerry Harrison is not from RISD. He, is he the guitar player? He's the guitar keyboardist, yeah. Oh, he was that so, other... So, he was in The Modern Lovers, which I didn't know. Oh, I can see that sonically. Yeah, and I said on, when we were talking about this the last time, that Talking Heads and Modern Lovers are very, like, in sync in my mind, and I didn't I didn't even know that they shared a band member. That's interesting. There's a reason. Felt very good about myself after that. But yeah, he joined the band later, but they all met at RISD, and... Um, Chris, the drummer, and David Byrne, and one other guy had a band called The Artistics, and Chris... The Autistics? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Chris kept trying to get Tina to join the band, even though she didn't play an instrument, so she kind of learned bass and then joined the band later, and David Byrne didn't like that, I guess. He he always was trying to get her out of the band and have someone else come in. Mm. See, what you're saying completely is... The sum of probably his uh, undiagnosed autism mm-hmm. being difficult to work with. I, I think that's probably why he did American Utopia in a way, because the whole point of that is connecting with people. Right. Um, I think he's definitely changed. Like he said, yeah. he hopes he has yeah. to have that awareness that you are an asshole. Yeah. And you're yeah. gonna try to not be. I mean, there's a lot. There was a lot. Well, when I taught, when I wrote down. Excuse me, I wrote down about how it made me miss Kanye West is because there's not a lot of musical geniuses right now right? in the current day. Um, and are you a Kanye West fan? No. Me and Scott are. Right. He's probably... I, I don't know his I mean, songs. We I were. like American Boy. We were. That's the only song I, and I that's like. not really a Kanye West song. <laughs> good, um, song. good track. It's a good track. Yeah, and it, it was like this kind of unfettered genius and david byrne had these are all home runs i mean he yeah solo stuff i think is a little more hit or miss not a lot of good reviews for that uh the annie clark project he did but i dug it i liked it i liked it too and i love that what's that track i love i should watch tv yeah yeah fucking was amazing i when i heard that i'm like because i had hadn't 
I'm like, I know I heard this. Is it a cover? But I heard it like a week earlier in my on the radio when I was playing it. And I saw him do an American Tool, but I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah. This is so good. So, to, But then I read a review was like, he, he wrote the song because he wants to know what ordinary people are thinking. So he said, I should watch TV like the majority of Americans. And he did. And he's like, yeah, I can't watch TV. These yeah. people are not that bright. So this, I had heard that um, they were described, self-described as thinking man's dance music, the talking heads. And at first I was Sounds like, oh, good. yeah. But then if you think about it, it's like, is that pretentious? <laughs> yeah, <Probably>. it is. <laughs> like, I mean, they were all about like real life experiences and taking away the rock and roll aspect of music and just being like a normal band. Mm-hmm. Like if you see their early style, it's very like casual. There's yeah. no like rock and roll element about it. And that was their whole thing, but also kind of pretentious in a way. Do you think it's pretentious? Yeah, definitely. I just think he seems like such a warm and affable guy, which I he's agree. not. I no, I well, agree he that now. he does. Yeah. yeah, he seems very grandfatherly. I I mean, and stop making sense. I'm like, this is so charismatic. Yeah, yeah, I, you can't take your eyes off. But right. when somebody has autism, charisma isn't the first thing that pops into your mind. No, but he has said that his stage presence helps him to like become himself when yeah. he's off the stage he's not that way i mean i've never watched a concert film that i had a more sort of couldn't look away i yeah. mean i've seen a few concert films and this one was completely i mean everybody i guess if you're like really into talking heads concert films whatever you've seen stop making sense but i'm like what the fuck why didn't i ever watch this before yeah so i was so excited to watch american utopia what were you gonna say scott after i'd watched american utopia i watched that first i listened to the grisser and leach podcast talk about it Mm -hmm. and so they're going through it and leach had seen the show live okay and but then grisson wait he saw american utopia live. yeah okay and i think he gave an a minus but grisson was talking about stop making sense and he said he had his, his third favorite film of all time that's insane which i was like well i gotta watch it then and i watched it and you know, it blown, plays blown away yeah i really like it a lot yeah they're, they're a band that i was saying this in the ride over i told her to shut up <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> that um very few bands can pull Did you say off suck like my ass <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to uh, very few bands can pull off like a better version of live songs. Mm-hmm. Like when you hear live songs, it's like it's good, but it's not always better than the recorded songs. But I would say Talking Heads. This I should watch TV is better than the recorded version. Yeah, yes. I don't even think it's close. There's no Andy Clark on it, but it's but still the rest of the, the band on stage. I don't know if our listeners are big St. Vincent fans. Scott is a big St. Vincent fan. I just want to play the beginning of this track because this is pure St. Vincent. The keyboards. That just reminds me of... Yeah, Mass Seduction. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever listened to Mass Seduction? No. Great album. Uh, you have heard a few songs. New York. I don't know. It's great. It was on the list I gave you. Oh, then yes. It's a good record. Forgetful, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm five weeks out waiting for a response. <laughs> now... We're kind of jumping around here, but I think we're kind of getting our point across. Mm-hmm. You can't cram this one record into a week at all. Maybe the amateurs can't, but... But, <laughs> but you've <laughs> been listening to this, this band for years. That's true. So I felt like, oh, we're shooting for the moon here because I, I'm going to still listen to this 
probably tomorrow. Take some time with it. Yeah. I got a duck brining in the fridge, a whole duck that I've, I got two duck breasts and two duck legs. They're brining. So this is going to be the good brining soundtrack tomorrow. Now, okay. which, are you talking about more songs or a different album? More songs about buildings and food and duck. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, I really like the song Found a Job. Found yeah. a Job. That was my favorite track. So this was in uh, Stop Making Sense. Too. Yeah. yeah. I love... It, can I, this is like... David Are you going to dance for us? Yeah, I am. Okay. Like, he's not a great dancer. No, he's but, terrible. But it works when he's just like... What's the, with the marching? Oh, yeah. Or he does like one he of these. marches everywhere. It's how I learned to dance, I think, was oh, from boy. Stop Making Sense. Oh, my God. I mean, you guys have only had the um, pleasure of dancing That's with true. me at Scott's wedding. But... This yeah, is I how I dance. That. It reminds me of a Charlie Brown Christmas special when they're all on the stage doing oh, yeah. a little dance. Or like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how they dance with their hands at their side. So or they Charlie do like, Brown Christmas special and Stop Making Sense. I think were the the dance <laughs> influences well, I had. I mean, American Utopia. I mean, he's not the guy, about, the, uh, the dancer guy with the makeup. Yeah, he was great. He looks a lot like Michael McFadden from. Michael McDonald? No. From Mad TV? <laughs> the t- no. Stuart? Is McFadden the... Uh... Do I have to look this up? Look it up. I'm talking about the guy from Veep. Is it oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Walsh is his name. Matt Walsh. Yeah. Okay. McFadden's the... Um, Hold HBO for edit. show. Succession <laughs> guy. <laughs> okay. Michael McFadden has written books called The Jesus Revolution. And no, different McFadden. Bachelor Fatherhood. Oh, that was me. He did look like that because the receding hairline. Yeah, I did li- just right. said that. Oh, Matt Walsh. Okay. I thought. See, yeah. in on in American Utopia, small stage, very compact. Everybody's no in, shoes. No shoes. No Everyone's wires. in the shot. I didn't stop making sense. He was a star of that. Yeah. This is a more collaborative, visual like type thing. Yeah. I didn't really, I don't know enough about Spike Lee to know like, oh, that's a Spike Lee move, a Spike Lee move, except the very end. That was pure Spike. Um, <laughs> but like, did you, I would like to it know what feel a third party would say. Um, you look at Stop Making Sense and it's so well revered. And that jo- was Jonathan, Jonathan Demi, Demi, who's a genius. He's done a bunch of other stuff. Is which... he dead or is it Ted Demi that's dead? I think he's still going. Okay. Uh, I watched the Justin Whoa. Timberlake show that he just did what a couple years ago um this new couch has changed his life <laughs> justin timberlake justin timberlake and the tennessee kids wow i didn't like it check my letterbox um, <laughs> i didn't know he had one <laughs> i like when scott on twitter he posts on goodreads it goes scott golder west bridgewater massachusetts <laughs> know, i'm surprised you haven't gotten rid of that yet i try to delete it i uh, I, <laughs> I hate that update. no better thing than seeing that and liking it <laughs> So quick. You got to be quick, though. Um, so I didn't really... So Demi didn't show any of the crowd and stop making sense. That that was one of the, the hallmarks of it. did at the end. Is it at the yeah. end? Yeah. But most concert footage is usually cut back from people right. cheering and all that bullshit. I forget the song that was playing, but there were a few crowd shots of people kind of dancing. So Spike used it a little bit more. He didn't show a ton of the crowd. No. But it was a little different in that aspect. But I didn't think it was... Uh, noticeably spikely joint in any real sense yeah i i wouldn't know how to judge that but get your spike on david byrne called him up and said i want you to do this so spike lee and his i didn't know that his partner um like watched came and watched it like seven times in person and 
and they liked so it. They, they loved it the first time. But they knew what they wanted to, yeah, to film. Yeah, but they by kept the going end. back so they could see it from every angle and understand where to put the cameras. And yeah, yeah. I th- th- there's a few fancy shots going up through like the yeah. ceiling and coming back down and stuff like that. See, it must be nice to be rich to be able to go see that. I kind of had. A, I kind of hated the crowd. Yeah, definitely. Because like, they did when they were dancing at the end. I looked well, at them during the Janelle Monae cover. Yeah, they weren't. They didn't know what was going no, on. And no, and there was mostly white people. That was very emotional. Yeah, I, I thought the first, the beginning was emotional. I had like a visceral reaction to it. Here's what I felt. So, I watched Stop Making Sense on Sunday, and then American Utopia on Monday, and it was very like, it hit me more than I realized it would going. So Stop Making Sense was 1984, American Utopia is 2020. I was born in 1984, and we're now in 2020. True. So it felt like seeing David Byrne age in the blink of an eye, Yeah. 36 years, and then also, like, that's my entire lifespan right now. And so he looks like me, a million bucks, too. He looks great. Yeah. It had me thinking a lot about my life, and then also, like, comparing the two once-in-a-lifetimes, and the whole... How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> like, where did time go? And then having him sing in both situations, time isn't holding us, time isn't after us, time isn't holding... It's like, it, it just... And you don't smoke weed. <laughs> I know. People have said that to me my whole life. I always get that, too. Yeah. People are like, you don't smoke weed? I'm like, no, nope. I'm just trying it. to figure out what's wrong with you, Pat. <laughs> they are. Emily's actually making very... Introspective, you know, stoner, introspective yeah. things. Yeah. Me, I'm biting the, the table. Um, well, he ends. Road to Nowhere ends. American Utopia, right? I loved that. Yeah, that was great. I felt kind of a little sense of nihilism at the end. A little bit of in a what way? Dash of well, you don't like a man on a motorbike. I just think the lyrics were on a road to nowhere. It's like. Some people don't like hearing that at the end of this whole, the whole point of American Utopia, I think he was trying to make was human connections in this sort of digital age, the age of Trump. And then to say we're on a road to nowhere. That or it's about enjoying the journey instead of the destination. Yes. But see, most people don't think that way. Most people are living life for this destination when you should be enjoying the journey. I think that's his point, though. Yeah, it's sometimes I when I hear things, I think I don't think of my what my reaction. I think of what everybody else is thinking. Hmm. I don't always think. Sometimes I like project or you like the global perspective. Yeah. So, but I mean, then you see the crowd and it's all people that are probably paying two hundred fifty dollars for a ticket. I'm like, do they even get it? I don't know. It was. I mean, it, it worked and it was very enjoyable, but I f- sometimes I, I like misinterpret things in a way that makes me feel sad. Well, what I thought was interesting was when he did Everybody's Coming to My House and gave that intro. Oh, yeah. And so, he's like, whoever covered it yeah. turned it into a happy song. And he's like, you know, for me, it was always like, Jesus Christ, I got all these people here. Yeah. But they're turning it into, I get to be with all my friends. And yeah. Same words and everything and just two completely different interpretations of his song. And he's like, I, you know, I still got to do it my way. Yeah. So you can you can feel that sense of nihilism yeah. and not be wrong. Yeah, that's true. Good point, Scott. Thanks. I thought this track was ex. I mean, I loved it. I was, I, I'm gonna have to like reinter reevaluate how I, if I see a review for something that's a concert movie, I might have to watch it. You watch a lot more than I do. I've never seen Shut Up and Play the Hits. 
I watched it a couple months ago. I've only seen Shut Up and Put Your Shirt Back on Fat Tits. That's the only <laughs> thing I've seen. I'm co-wrote that. Callback. <laughs> um, I think if if we had all the time in the world and you could start each day with Stop Making Sense, watching Stop Making Sense, and end each day with watching American Utopia, that would be a pretty good yeah. life. Yeah. Be a good like mindset to be in. I haven't been good at starting my days lately. No. Are you good at starting your day? I'm okay. She's pretty good. Get a little crossword puzzle in before I go to work. See, I don't do any of that. No. I make coffee. I got my coffee maker all descaled and cleaned. Yep. Looks good. Thank you. Some weird white stuff in there, but we'll figure out what that is later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Scott. Good restraint. (laughs) (laughs) He has one punchline that he wants to say. (laughs) Twice. Twice so far. About what I like to leave on the walls. Is that it? (laughs) Two restraints. Um, I can't we talk about uh, just when I wrote how David Byrne makes me miss Kanye West it's mm-hmm. Kanye West is a genius I'm a big fan I will I'm no longer when when David Byrne pulls off American Utopia it's like Kanye West has tried to do this like gospel thing this Sunday service the Sunday service works pretty well I think it's just not for me I can't get but into you, it doesn't have to be for you you're not going to church to listen to gospel music yeah but like you kind of alienated a lot of your audience in a way david burn is personal to him yeah i mean i know as ridiculous as him loving god is that's fucking nuts it's you know that's how he feels yeah well uh, like if kanye west was in his right mind a david burn kanye west collaboration would be so intriguing yeah because david burn whether or not he had like professional assistance he like overcame these personal, I guess, struggles with relating to people, mm-hmm. maybe uh, you know, autism, whatever. And it's like he's actively trying to reach out in a way. And he says, "All right, well, I'm going to make this American Utopia." And Kanye runs for president. Kanye runs president, makes the fucking the bipolar record, which was pretty bad, but it wasn't. I mean, that's the worst thing he'll ever do by far. I hope. Let's hope. But yeah, um, there's still time for a lot to happen. <laughs> well, there was going to be. Uh, We're still waiting for a record to drop, right? It was supposed. That was like it Four was uh, months ago. Dude, it was way before quarantine. I think it was pretty close after. Uh, yay, or ye. Yay. <laughs> well, his name's Kanye, so why wouldn't it be called Yay? I don't. Me and Scott fight about this all the time. So it's Yay. Talking about what they sound like, um, the song Life During Wartime, which I put Stop Making Sense on this morning, and I tried to like keep up with the running in place and the dances they mm-hmm. were doing. I was exhausted. I was after wondering the song. how he kept up with all that. So the uh, New Yorker described the song as apocalyptic swamp funk. Interesting. What do you guys think about the, that? In 1984? Yeah. Okay. Um, or whenever uh, Life During Wartime came out, it might have been earlier than 84. It kind of, yeah. It's a very descriptive term. Yeah. I don't hate it. No, I like it. It sounds like something Scott would say. Yeah. Not to describe music, though. Maybe his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way he moves is just, it's pure charisma, pure. Oh, pure it's, it's like you said, you can't take your eyes no, off. No, you it. definitely can. And then American Utopia is like, I, I, you know he made the decision to like, we're filming this like in a box in yeah. a way to... 
sometimes you watch movies and they don't film stuff in widescreen and it's to create like more intimacy it's really annoying to me you ever yeah. see first reformed with ethan hawk ever see mid 90s jonah hill's directorial debut well, these aren't filmed in, like, the widescreen ratio. You bitches about it for the first five minutes every <laughs> single time. What and did I you... watch recently that wasn't? It was something on Netflix. I don't know. Bird Box? Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is this? A movie for birds? It's like such such a small box. Um, uh, well, Talking Heads took a lot out of me, but I think we should all get up and dance now in unison. We could just run in Scott, place. I like just saw his do. knee move, so he's obviously feeling <laughs> it. Um, do you have anything you want to add to the Talking Heads? No, I just I. What, what's the joke? What's the joke that Jerry Steinfeld rewrote? That's what my grandfather would say. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I watched it twice, and I didn't really catch it. Something about like dancing in the aisles. The firemen would get upset. Or yeah, something. I didn't really. But yeah. I, didn't, I didn't catch it in the the movie can't dance in the aisles <laughs> firemen will get upset it's my jerry seinfeld impression i just Very think good. It's, it's bold to yeah. um watch this broadway performance and then pull the creator aside and say pretty you know, good but yeah, that's here's, a no- here's a note <laughs> yeah. yeah a guy that hasn't had a relevant joke in 20 years <laughs> is gonna tell you something about he just wrote a book though um the worst book i ever read was sign language when i was in like mid 90s <laughs> you read a seinfeld book yeah it was his it was his like date his only book at the time i don't he wrote another book he wrote one like this year i think it came out Hold it was on. called sign language and it makes me think about is sign like anything is what it's called oh god that's so <laughs> annoying that's like when me and jim were trying stand-up comedy and like we just everything was a joke for like two days and we're like this is not how you live you can't just be like, is this something? It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> a good book by a guy that had a TV show that I think Scott read, Drew Carey, Dirty Jokes and Beer. Did no, you read that? No, what? I didn't. Great book. Is it? Yeah. I'd, I'd be in for that. Is it about the Drew Carey show? <laughs> yeah, it's how they filmed it. <laughs> no, it's just like a- How many sections on Buzz Beer are there? Oh, there's a bunch to talk about Mimi's makeup. It's very exciting. Um, Here's my closing thoughts. So okay. This is a quote from the book, Remain in Love. Um, Chris says, We felt the music must convey a modern message about the importance of taking charge of your own life. And to hell with the idea that rock stars are somehow more important than everyone else. We were celebrating our everyday lives and philosophically reaching for a higher level of expression. We were never showing off. We were about playing from our hearts. And I really think that's true. Even though it might sound mildly pretentious, I do think that's true. It definitely comes through in their performances. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem pretentious to me, but the music has sort of, it seems fun at times. So to say we're playing from our hearts, it's like, well, some of the music seems a little more joyful and spontaneous. Then, but then it, then I guess it's not mutually exclusive, though. Yeah, like you can have joy in your heart, That's Pat. True. This is what I'm yeah. going to keep telling you every um, when we were <laughs> That's text, our quest. When we were texting about <laughs> the Talking Heads, I texted Scott a joke. Mm-hmm. Did he tell you? Oh. No, I didn't. I kept it, it quiet. Because <laughs> I, I didn't think it was appropriate. Okay. I, there's no way to tell So you're going to test it out on air? Just, just <laughs> um, okay. This is a guy talking about sex. Yeah. My girl's always babbling during sex. She give me that talking head. <laughs> Scott, what do you think? I, I think I let it lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uh, said he'd save it. Or how about this? Um, 
My girl's always uh, walking on the sun. She give me that smash mouth. <laughs> uh, I just thought of that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Little fodder for the people that already hate me. Um, <laughs> what Should we, we close out with Once in a Lifetime? Well, we got to figure out what are we doing next week. Oh, yeah. I kind of like figuring it out. On, yeah, on air. On air. Um, like, is this supposed to be like a homework part where we should come in with ideas? Because no. Um, well, let's think. We could do a whole podcast about the Talking Heads. I think I created a ideas document. There was this band called Red Cross that I had never heard of that I wanted to listen to. Uh, they look really scary. Maybe we'll have to figure this out off air and get back. But what did you want to end it with? I think I don't know. I mean, we got to end it with something. Something good. Once in a good. lifetime is probably their most famous song, wouldn't you say? Um, I would say so. Yeah. It was featured in both "Stop Making Sense" yep. and "American Utopia." Did I mention? Oh, I, my glasses. I did want to note. David Byrne. Oh. <laughs> on uh, "Love This Giant," mm-hmm. there's a big fucking tuba on the uh, "Forest Awakes" song. Yeah. We can That's play a that. lot of tuba. And we don't have to do that. No. It's a lot of tuba. I liked... I, I liked that overall. Yeah. I, I, Pitchfork did not really like it. The one thing that Pitchfork said about David Byrne was that like he takes so many chances. They're bound to be a lot that don't work. Oh, but yeah. they appreciate that. There's something about like legacy artists that I, they get a pass for a lot of the stuff they do. Like Bruce Springsteen's not going to release a record that's going to get like bad reviews because... Bruce he's, Springsteen? Yeah, he's so beloved. No, he has gotten bad reviews. I think he gets a pass a lot of the time. Listen to Emily. Okay. Yeah. I can't with those glasses. <laughs> Very big. <laughs> well, I guess we need to wrap it up. You know what? Let one of your friends suggest something again. I have two in the, waiting oh. in the wings. What do they got? Uh, my friend Courtney suggested Norma. Uh, sorry, Courtney. Norma. Norm McDonald's stand-up <laughs> record. Lana Del Rey. Eh. Not Norm. Norman fucking Rockwell. No, hold on. Have you tried to listen to Lana Del Rey? Yeah, it doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. Norma Tanega. Norma Tanega. Like a 60s folk. Okay. What's the other one? Willie Nelson, Shotgun Willie. From I was going to. Who's been previously mentioned? Okay. When I was in the shower today, I figured I thought about how talking heads. Thinking about Willie. But I kind of want to come on. (laughs) All right, do the come on the wall joke. I was thinking about like blind spots in my musical like history yep. slash knowledge and Outlaw Country was one that came up. Okay. So in your shower? Yeah. <laughs> Outlaw Country. <laughs> I would like to get Scott to so after who I suggest it up? A- Well, after I took my shower I came out and I was just wearing a barrel with the big <laughs> straps on it. And I felt like this would be perfect to listen to a little Outlaw Country. <laughs> no one's gonna get this far. You're gonna miss out a lot of good stuff. I kind of want Scott to come up with something for us to listen to. I should. I've been trying to think of something. He said early on that he wants to do a hip-hop. So I think you should come up with a hip-hop album for us to listen to. It's hard. The only issue is Pat and I share so much music. But there are... I mean, I immediately I thought of like EMPD. I mean, Arrested Development and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of hip-hop artists covered uh, or sampled from the Tom Tom Club song. Hmm. Well, Genius of Love. I'll let Scott... I'll put this in Scott's court. Yep. I'll put this in Scott's backyard. <laughs> it's a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sports courts. Yep. There's sports courts. Funk. There's a uh, baby little Bluetooth plant growing <laughs> in the backyard. Uh, 
But I will say that Willie Nelson, I do want to do that at some point. Okay. Because like we talked about earlier, we're to get into the dark days of coronavirus. Everyone's going to be dropping like flies. Um, <laughs> I'll be selling the vaccine out of the trunk of my car, <laughs> trying to earn some extra cash. Come, and, come in, baby. Yep. I'm um, investing in Pfizer right now. Maybe we should do investments on the next podcast. Hmm. We got 55 seconds. Closing thoughts, Scott. I don't you sprung that on me really quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I really enjoyed my Talking Heads experience. Stop Making mm-hmm. Sense is amazing. And I'm going to watch it often. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of listening to a, I'm sorry, watching a doc. Mm-hmm. Movie, music. It's worked out well for us so far. Yeah. Do your friends have any comments on like the stuff we watch? No. My friend Cassie told me that she is in Scott's camp with uh, Daniel Johnston didn't get it little does she know it's a concentration camp that he's in and it's bad, very scary bad, bad joke <laughs> Boo. Um, <laughs> didn't you learn anything from alton brown no last week <laughs> okay guys that's it yes this is podcast we're all gonna be canceled we'll see you guys in a week Goodbye. bye bye